If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Before we get started today, I want to remind you that if you want more of your life, there is another way. Now, you might be lacking momentum in your business. Maybe you don't have a supportive environment. Maybe you're tired of not living a fulfilling life by living through your gifts, but doing something that just kind of pays the bills. It doesn't matter. All of those are common things that I hear, and I'm here to help. All you have to do is jump on a call with somebody from my team at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. We're here to help you rock your money, become financially literate, understand how to win the money game, and then you'll be able to rock your life. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. Let's get started transforming your life today. Hey, welcome back to another session of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. I am your host, Rock Thomas. I am your whole life millionaire mentor, where I help people become financially free without giving up their relationships or their health and live truly an epic life that is reserved for the few that are focused and set that intention. I love to bring on guests that bring a different flavor, texture to this conversation. And today we are joined by Joel Primus, who is a great serial entrepreneur. He's an author and a speaker and an award-winning filmmaker and currently camping out in the <laughs> west part of the world in Vancouver on a farm where I grew up on a farm, not the same farm, but I grew up on a farm and he's there <laughs> connecting with nature. Joel, well, welcome to the call. Thanks for having me, Rock. It's a real pleasure. Yes, likewise. So let's, uh, I always like to take people down memory lane a little bit. I believe that, you know, your morning routine is the childhood of your day, but your childhood affects your adulthood as you start to do the work on, you know, the meanings you attached growing up to the things that happened to you. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what that was like. Well, I grew up not far from here in in the farm country, a little town called Abbotsford outside of Vancouver. And much like a lot of what we grow up with, we run away from. And so I ran to the big city, wanted nothing to do with anything but making money and big, tall glass skyscrapers and all that stuff. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, in all honesty, I, I, I say that the, the roots of where I grew up helped shape me because I'm not sure if the the first company I, I really started would have happened if I wasn't in the town I was in. You know, there was a lot of local, the local chamber of commerces, the local businessmen were just, it was just so, so much more accessible to get the mentorship and advice that a young entrepreneur needed to get his feet on the ground and then you know, lift off to wherever you're going to, you know, going to go. So that was, that was all in Abbotsford, but my background was, was first and foremost running. I was, uh, I was, a, I was a member of Canada's national team and I learned everything I learned about discipline and the process and the journey first and foremost and, and visualization through running. So who are some of your heroes in running? Cause there's some cool people in that field. 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure that any, anyone else's listings agrees with us on that statement of it being a cool field. Um, I mean, you can't you can't talk about it without talking about Bannister, Roger Bannister, because right. he is the 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 guy that taught us that mindset is everything. When he broke the four minute mile, when it was thought impossible, and now high schoolers do it every year. You know, so he's he's a big inspiration, and obviously Eliud Eliud Kipchoge with his sub two hour marathon recently, and just his complete and utter just self belief in that, it's selfless belief in in that he his he believes his work as a record breaker is purely to open the door for other people to believe it's possible. Yeah. So those are two guys. Yeah, and then there's the. Um... The most recent guy, um, David Goggins. Have you read his book? Oh, Goggins is a. I haven't read his book, but I've listened to a lot of what he's done. And yeah, damn, that guy is that guy is pure power, man. Like just pure passion and power. So I'm interested in your opinion on this because uh, you're a runner, and I have a little theory on runners. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brace yourself. Is just like. Any addiction, um, it's usually to change a state away from something else. So, you know, I was a workaholic basically because it kept me busy and it kept me moving toward uh, being enough for my father to be proud of me. I always thought runners are, must be running away from something, is my theory. And David Goggins had such a painful childhood that running on broke, broke, broken shins and doing these extreme pull up competitions and stuff like that was less painful than him remembering what he went through where he didn't feel loved and he didn't feel like he was enough. What are your thoughts around that? I think it's completely accurate. I think that, I mean, insecurity is a, is a powerful fuel, uh, insecurity fueled by pain, insecurity fueled by trauma, insecurity fueled by these, those incidents in our lives that create the belief system that we then have to crack open later on in life, right? And I look at it like, in the beginning, it's okay. Insecurity fuels the call to action, the call to adventure. And at some point, it becomes detrimental to our health and our wellness if we don't stop and realign on that path. And for me, it was 100% true. What happened, I mean, I put all my self-worth as a runner. I didn't believe I was worth anything to my parents, you know, and, and this certainly, you know, my mom and I've talked about it, we've healed it, you know, she vicariously lived her dream to be an athlete and a, and, and other things through me. And I, therefore I didn't think there was anything but success. And this led me to a place where at the end of my running career, I was anorexic. Um, I, I was anorexic because I'd, I'd gone to the world championships and seen all the Kenyans and Ethiopians and thought I was fat. I was 117 pounds at 5'8". So, and I, so that's right. Whoa. Whoa. And, uh, and injury after injury after injury to the point where I ran away to Thailand and then traveled the world and then absorbed myself in business until a, a number of things happened. One, my, one of my dear friends passed away. My marriage almost fell apart. Um, because I was focused on money. I realized I didn't know my daughter who was two because I was traveling 200 days a year. And I, I said, this is the thing that's fueling this is, is clearly unhealthy. And so began the journey of self-discovery, which is now mostly what I teach is that entrepreneurship is a journey of self-discovery to help us to your point, 
create the opportunities that allow us to find the points of entry into our pain, to release our pain, so we can truly be happy alongside successful, not one or the other. That was awesome. <laughs> I just wanted to absorb that. That was really freaking awesome and really, really um, authentic and, and vulnerable. So thank you. So can we dig into that a little bit? What is what was at the core of driving you to anorexia to to, you know, push yourself to that? What was the 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 wound you were trying to heal? Well, most of us are trying to heal uh, the mother and father wound without, uh, you know, no, this is not that's not an accusation on mothers and fathers. They no. do the best they can. Um, you know, the way I see the world is that we through our parents and through our peers and through our, our teachers absorb a whole bunch of concepts that then form our perception of reality that only we see. Now, there's a lot of similarity between how we all see it, but really it's, it's ours and ours alone. And those concepts generally are negative. And I, and I, I tend to believe that the negativity is accidental and in part because a lot of society is telling us what to do, what we should do, accidentally trying to control us, accidentally trying to get us to behave um, because it's easier. It's easier for a teacher in a classroom who has 30 kids to, to just get you to behave, to not let you run your own course, right? And so these things, they just, they absorb into us. And you know, again, for me, my my parents were were the core of this, but it wasn't just my parents, right? And and for a guy who's who's 117 pounds to look in the mirror and think he's fat, too fat, um, to be a successful runner tells you that I am seeing the world through the lens of somebody else's doubt and voice, right? And you, you just you don't know it because until you know to separate the voice from reality, which is nothing to do with that. It's just a, a thought flowing through the stream of your consciousness that somebody accidentally planted there until you can separate those two things. You're stuck with it, right? You're stuck with thinking that that's your thought. And so the big one for me is always unworthiness. Always, always. I am not enough. Cannot be enough unless fill in the blank. Right. Yes. yes. So. Yeah, I, I get it and I agree with you. And that at the end of the day is, you know, all all roads lead to that. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but they talk a lot about it's an assessment where they where it really sources what is the not enoughness, the strategy. Like so I'm a perfectionist. So my strategy is do things really well so that I can't be criticized. So then I'll be enough. Everybody will, oh yeah, well, Rock showed up. He's on time, he's fit, he's smart, he knows what to say, he's good looking, he's da 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 da. If I can check all those boxes, then I'm not enough. That's my strategy. Other people are likable, right? They, they will give up what they really want. They're like, hey, do you wanna go eat hamburgers? They don't really want to. They go, sure, that's great. So they use a strategy of being likable or being funny or being challenging. Yeah. So the Enneagram has nine different flavors that people choose from based on what they've been exposed to and how they've adapted. For you, you went for the achiever, break the records, uh, make mom proud, um, et cetera, et cetera. I put my son in a school of golf for two years and spent 150 days a year on the golf course with him because I wanted to be an athlete. Yeah. And 
the pressure that I put on him uh, to live my dream, uh, you know, was difficult for him. And God knows how he's processing it today. He's a real estate agent. He does well. But maybe there's a part of him goes like, Dad spent $200,000 on my education for golf, retired for two years, and I didn't fulfill that. Or maybe he doesn't care. I don't know, really. Right. He seems fully adapted. Yeah. But um, but maybe when he's 34, or 35 or 45, some of that comes back up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, how much how much of it have you healed in yourself? All of it? Most of it? Some of it? A lot of it, a lot of it, I, but I continue to do the work. I was, you know, I spent $138,000 last year on coaches. Um, I'm going to a man's retreat uh, tomorrow um, to do breath work. So it's, it's an ongoing peeling of layers. But I will tell you this is just after the new year this year, I literally started just having this conversation where I said, I don't think I've ever been happier in my life. Yeah, yeah. And that's not, I don't need to prove it to anybody. It's just, it's a, it's just a, a beingness, right? I hear it. I hear it in your voice. And, um, you know, the reason I asked that question was because I think that to some degree, your point about 3540 is probably right. Um, but to some degree, I think that we can, if, if, if we can heal it in ourselves, we can heal it up and down the line. So, you know, because when we heal in ourselves, we stop projecting it onto other parts of the line. And, the, you know, then they still have to grieve that because because you used your son, I'll use it as an example. Hypothetically, if if he was used to it and then you stop it because all of a sudden you've healed the line, he has to grieve that relationship that you two had. Right. And he and you two have to redefine it outside of that thing. Yeah. And um, and this is why the role of parents and mentors and teachers is so invaluable. There's there's I mean, society was built on this idea of mentorship. I mean, we go back to the Stoics. We go back to Marcus Aurelius. He had his mentor. We go back to all of it. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, you're done university. Good luck. Good luck, right? <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> no. And so I, I commend you for spending money. I remember the first on, on coaching. I remember the first time I wrote my a check to a coach. I was like, oh my God, where do I where do I redeem the ROI in this? <laughs> right? Yeah. Bet your ass I redeem the ROI in that. Apologies if uh, for swearing, but no, like you're fine. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I say if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. You know, free doesn't work for most people. If you're incredibly disciplined and you have access to something, you could probably muster up the focus. But most of the time, you've got to pay. And I've gotten actually used to, I went through levels of it, but now I'm very comfortable with paying coaches $500 an hour, $750 an hour, because I know that one distinction, one insight can change the way that I perceive the world. Yeah. and transform um, my entire beingness. Yeah, and, and how are you, because I think that there's certainly a leveling up to knowing how to be incredibly effective with that hour. So from both from the coach you choose and from your personal ability to, to get in there and have enough awareness and sensitivity to take the piece that you need and have the 500 bucks an hour be worth it, right? Versus like, the, that's the thing I like about coaching versus counseling, right? This idea of like, 
counseling has its place a hundred percent, but I'm just going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And and then I'm just going to ask you a question and it kind of goes on and on and on. Right. And um, it just doesn't feel, it's not about being efficient. It doesn't feel very effective to me, but there is a place where you get there. So out of my own selfishness, what is like, how do you go into knowing you've got like an hour with somebody that I got to get something out of this? I mean, that's a, that's a focused session, right? Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm supposed to be asking the questions. But <laughs> sorry, <I'm>, sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is just a good banter conversation back and forth, you know, sitting around with a cup of tea. Um, I would answer that two ways. Number one is um, that, you know, meditation, that trusting the universe, that setting an intention and just going into the call, knowing that what will need to happen will happen. And I, I used to not believe that. Yes. But I'm more available to that now. Um, and the second thing is just really being pragmatic and practical as I go through my work and my week and I journal every night. What did I learn? What did, you know, what worked, what didn't work? And then I start to see a pattern that shows up and I'm like, okay, well, every time my employee calls and says they can't make it for an appointment, I notice I get mad. Okay, what is that? And so then I will bring that discussion to the person that's coaching me and I'll say, this is a pattern I notice in myself and I'm not actually sure what it means or what it might be. And then they'll pull in a tool or a resource they have and they go, have you considered this? Where did that happen before? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I used to, that's my father's voice that's showing up. That's interesting. Okay. And what does that mean? Okay. Yes. And I've conditioned that. Okay. And then I can break through. So I come at it from those two places trusting on a higher power and then pragmatically what's happening to me on a day-to-day -day basis. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Awareness and then action, right? It's not one without the other. You have to right. put it to work. And we have so many opportunities every single day to, to tap into that awareness of our patterned behavior, you know, and I always say that like, that's the inner work that leads to the found the rock solid foundation that allows you to be truly financially successful this is rock your money rock your life right to me they can go simultaneously because life's a journey but the more that you build that foundation of solidness so that you're not your own worst enemy going into deals going into you know investments partnerships all these different things the more success you're going to have no question about it how much would you say that your self-worth will affect your net worth well, I think that that's a that's a that's a function of of time potentially because you know the universe is responding to you. So I believe, um, and you can substitute the universe for any word you want, but I think it's responding to your thoughts. It's responding to your actions. So theoretically, in that it's not biased to um, it's not biased to say, hey, if I'm just a money mongrel. I'm probably going to make a lot of money. <laughs> and if I'm money focused, I'm probably going to make a lot of money. Um, now, you know, how do I, you know, let's say I've done that and I've made a lot of money. Now what happens with bad habits? Okay. Well, am I going to the strippers and, and doing Coke five times a week because I'm unhappy inside? Am I divorced three times and I've just divided my net worth in half? three separate times because I can't get past my own shit. Um, so I think that in one sense, you know, your self-worth, it, it, 
it will just rear its head at different points. It, you can still accrue uh, wealth without having um, necessarily, you know, self-worth. But I think eventually it will come to bite you in the butt a bunch of times. And, you know, and then what follows that is I find sickness. I find all these sort of deteriorating things. And then it comes to what's your net worth just about money or is it also tied to your happiness and you might have money but if it's not happy are you truly holistically successful i don't think so um so well said and this is why i've coined the phrase the whole life millionaire ah good because that's i divide my life into eight areas eight different gardens so career uh, finances, spirituality, relationships, health and vitality, personal development, um, adventure. And so the goal is to be a millionaire, to have that millionaire mind in each one of those. Yeah. And so it's a metaphor, right? You know, a millionaire in your, in your spirituality is what's the highest version of yourself? What are you aspiring to be? How can you grow in that area? How can it contribute to the other areas? Because let's face it, imagine eight garden plots in your backyard and weeds are growing out of control in one of them. Eventually they're gonna grow over into the next garden plots and start to affect them. Mm -hmm. affect them. Uh, the wind will blow and carry a seed to another one and start to affect it also. And now you've got these weeds because you're not working on your, I don't know, your spirituality or your finances. It affects everything. And that's why I start with rock your money because if my experience is if people are just every day going, I don't know how to pay the bills, I got anything, they're going to cut off the electricity and, and taxes are coming in. If they're thinking like that, they can't really go to the other gardens and relax and concentrate and work out and tell somebody to work out five, you know, I work out every day, but tell somebody to work out every day and then you're like, I can't, I have to pay the bills, right? So it's about that holistic approach. So let's talk a little bit about your success as an entrepreneur because you have a remarkable story and um, I'm incredibly curious to hear it from the inside. So let me just share this with uh, a few people. As a founder of Naked, you have helped raise over 17 million in establishing retail distribution at Holt, Renfrew, Nordstrom, Hudson's Bays, and Bloomingdale's. The brand partnered with three-time NBA champion Dwayne Wade for an exclusive um, for an exclusive Wade X Naked collection. <laughs> That's how he says naked, by the way. <laughs> and was worn in The Amazing Spider-Man. Recently, Joel has co-founded Kosan, a travel clothing company that launched one of the most successful Kickstarter apparel products of all time, raising or reaching over a million in sales in 30 days. So tell us a little bit about all that. Yeah, of course. Well, just for those who aren't familiar with Kickstarter, it's a crowdfunding platform where you can sort of pre-sell, pre pre-vet your idea, product, to get to an MVP, which is like a minimum viable product. So minimum viable product, again, I'm just kind of giving some context to people who don't know it, is a product in which you can scale economically very, very quickly. And a lot of us get caught in the trap when we're, we're, we're launching a business or a product, even if that product is ourself, where we keep dumping money, time, mental energy into something that's not working thinking in our mind it's going to work and that's because some aspect of it isn't connecting with either the audience 
the price point, um, the offering itself, it's not a minimum viable product. And so Kickstarter is a good way to test. If you sell $4,000 worth of your product in 30 days, I don't care what your product is, you don't have product market fit, right? You got to rethink what you're selling. And so it's a great platform for that. And we did, you know, we were fortunate enough to do a million dollars in 30 days and, and um, that springboarded that company, Cosan Travel. COVID had other thoughts for, for the travel industry for the last year. But, uh, uh, and prior to that, Naked, I, um, so I was, I was in Peru. I was traveling. I was in my running away phase. <laughs> and uh, uh, there was no peyote involved in it uh, then. Uh, but uh, I, 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 I needed underwear. I bought this incredible Pima cotton underwear, hated how it performed. Long story short, you know, the idea landed on me. So I decided to run with it to make this underwear that was so comfortable you didn't feel it. Next thing you know, I'm standing on the stage in, on Dragon's Den, which is, you know, Shark Tank for all your US um, followers and friends, and getting totally annihilated and realizing that I had a lot to learn. And, and you know, so we just, we said, you know, we're not going to give up. This was definitely insecurity driven, but it, it worked out and we raised. I think by the end of it, it was $20 million and we uplisted it onto the NASDAQ. We sold every major department store in the United States, relocated to New York. And then uh, in 2018, it got divested to a $100 million underwear company out of Australia called Bendon. Um, so that was that was a full story journey from literally a grandma sewing the first pair in a basement to, you know, divesting the company. And uh a lot of lessons and mistakes along the way, which is what inspired the book that I'm I have coming out um, called "Getting Naked," which is a book of questions. And I am shamelessly plugging it right now, Rock. I hope you don't mind. I, I love it. <laughs> but it, it ties back into the, you know, the the cost of the mistakes that I made was so agonizingly frustrating and sad and, 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 and for the shareholders, um, wrong that I wanted to help entrepreneurs understand how to ask the right questions throughout the entire journey so that they could, because the, the better questions you ask, the better answers you get. So if I can help point them in the right direction, a lot, the whole journey, hopefully they can navigate a few of those expensive mistakes and, and, and have, a, you know, hold on to more shareholder value. Naked was tough. I mean, the thing lost after it got sold $250 million of valuation in the markets. Um, it, there's a whole host of reasons, none of which had anything to do with intent of and hard work and, and a good product that just, you know, sometimes the markets can be punishing. It's since recovered, you know, some of those values. I think it's back trading over $100 million now. But anyway, it's it was it was the the battleground in which I cut my teeth and much I guess similar to your experience at Keller Williams was that uh, yeah. yeah like where you just that's where you you know we all got to learn it somewhere right <laughs> so and now it's just about applying it I'm I'm more interested now instead of operating the businesses um, is is putting the network to work putting my money to work to to finance and provide synergies for businesses and young entrepreneurs, well, not young, just entrepreneurs in general, to, to help them kind of break through their, their ceilings, their, their tough spots, um, 
and and sort of spreading that a little bit more you know i think that you know for, for people to be truly financially successful you need to have more than one income stream and as an operator you can be kind, kind of myopic right and and in it and so things are starting to diversify a lot in my in my business activities now that's super cool that's that's a really great story and one that um, not everybody can can say at the young age that you are at. So kudos to you, man. No, thanks, Rock. Appreciate it. So if um, when's the book coming out? Feb 1st. Feb 1st. Okay. And what's the best way for people to get hold of it? Amazon. We'll be exclusive on Amazon three months and we'll do uh, Audible and uh, Kindle and, and paperback. I, I read. Oh. Sorry? Will you read it yourself? I did. Yeah. yeah. So when uh, when you hear me pronounce a few words wrong, that's <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I just didn't know. <laughs> that's so funny. It reminds me of uh, a friend of mine said something. I go, Oh my God, that's such a great quote. And I go, Where Where did you learn that? He goes, I read it somewhere. And I go, Really? That's so cool. And he goes, Yeah, I wrote it down, and then I read it. <laughs> so you wrote the book and then you pronounced some of the words wrong <laughs> that's great so we all gotta we all gotta maintain our humility somehow so <laughs> that'll uh, that'll help keep me earthed you know one of the things that has come out of this recent found um and i'm not going to say self-love it's more about remembering how lovable i was or am Right, because I think we are born so lovable and then we forget. We learn behaviors where we feel not so lovable. So as I remember how lovable I am, the little boy in me, um, I continually look at, you know, the ability to laugh at myself has become much more available because I'm not defending, I'm not trying to be perfect. Yeah. And what a freaking relief. Yeah. So big, so big. You know, Dwayne Wade was really good at that. Yeah. You know, the guy had the weight of the world on his shoulders yeah. and he always found levity. It's my favorite quality in people. It's something I've had to learn to yeah. and still learn, right? Yeah, of course. But it's fun. It's fun when you get on this path and you realize you can peel back the layers that have been holding you down um, and you don't know where it's going to come from or how it's going to come, but you're just open. Yeah. Um, then each day truly is an adventure like this conversation. What, what did the Buddha say? I think it was, I think it was the Buddha who said that um, when you realize how perfect everything is, you'll just throw your head back and laugh, you yes. know, being the imperfections, being all of it, right. It's yeah. all, it's all worth yeah. being light about. Although it certainly was a tough year for many to feel light. It was certainly yes. a complicated time to, in, to understand your place in the world and but those are the moments i don't know about you in your life but i've always found that the most unstable moments are the ones that provide the most openings to learn and grow yeah 100 uh, percent. and i think the conversation is usually i talk to people that said they had their best year ever in 2020 yeah um, or other people that are just totally drowning and lost and confused etc and you know, I say that you pay the price of practice in private to perform in public like a pro. And what happens is we're always preparing for something, but some people are not. They're coasting. They're, they're staying in their comfort zone. And I am so such a growth-oriented person that when COVID came along, 
boom, immediately I pivoted, I bought Zoom stock, I did a bunch of stuff on, on uh, Zoom that I would have done you know, otherwise. Um, chapter nine of my book is called What's Great About This? Talking of questions. That's one of my favorite questions. What's great about COVID? And you got to ask those questions and seek those answers um, to have them reveal themselves because they're not going to drop out of the sky because most people are asking shitty questions like, why is this happening to me? I don't like this. I don't like that. And I found myself doing the same thing. Like these masks, remember back in March, it was like, if we only had masks, we'd all be okay. Well, we have masks now, everybody, and we're still not okay. So back then I'm like, masks aren't going to make a difference. If you, if you can, you know, smell a fart through your jeans, chances are the mask is going to work for this. <laughs> you know? But everybody's trying to figure out a way to cope with something that they don't know how. I personally like Elon Musk, who says, you know, all the people at risk, keep them safe and quarantined. Everybody else live your life. And um, but, you know, we're living in a fear based world, so it's not playing out that way. Well, the thing that and the thing I liked so much about him saying that was that he took a ton of shit for that. And but he just reached this place to kind of go to the central theme where he stopped caring about what people thought. And now, look, like on that year where he made a potentially detrimental statement, he's the wealthiest guy in the world. Right. I, I like him a lot and I don't know him personally, but I like the fact that he, you know, shoots rockets into the sky on the weekend. he's 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 fearless and you can tell he's generally pretty emotionally vulnerable you know he's always got his emotion on his sleeve and and i feel like he's a guy to to the point you made about discomfort to to grow you know i i read on your thing that you um you'd done some work with david dita who unbelievable hero of mine and um he talks a lot about living on your edge not past it but on it yeah. And I think that that is, you know, what you're saying, what we're saying as the place where the magic happens is yeah. right on that edge. Yeah. Right. And he's always right on that edge. Right. <laughs> and uh, look what that look, look what that gets him. And that would it, it doesn't matter if you're him or you or me. It all it will work for everybody. Right. And everybody has an edge. Yeah. It's to you to get to your edge. Yes. And to play with it, whatever that is. And so I say the same thing when people come into my world. And I've had I've helped people that were $30,000 in debt uh, become millionaires in three years and own now 503 apartment doors because they were willing to do the work. They were coachable and curious. And I have other people that come in at $900,000 and it takes them two months or it takes them two years. It just depends on how far they're willing to go to the edge, what that looks like the questions they want to ask them themselves. So I'm, I'm excited to get your book and to get people to get your book and to learn from you. Um, is there any other way people can connect and follow you? Yeah, just head over to my website, uh, joelprimus.com. There's lots of blogs on everything there that, that I write. Um, and then I've started to do some IG lives, Instagram lives with some really cool people with a lot of good information as well. Um, so you can check that out on Instagram is pretty much it. <laughs> Are you on Clubhouse yet? I, so, yeah, inevitable. <laughs> right? When, when, like TikTok, I'm avoiding, but I think Clubhouse is inevitable. Yeah, I, I just started about 10 days ago, and I do a few rooms a couple of times a week. And it's kind of like, 
it's at the beta stage and I think some of us that are in that space realize it's going to be a game changer. So if you do come on, uh, please follow me. I'll follow you and I'll invite you on my stages and we can banter back and forth about stuff that really matters if you want to. I would love that. I, uh, you've been, you're the tipping point for that on me. Okay. <laughs> and also the third mention. So it's like goes side and side or uh, co coincides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's super cool. Who are some of your favorite authors these days? Oh, I mean, so many. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a guy named Dr. Jason Gordon down in Miami. Um, he's, uh, he's got a book called um, Like a Finger Pointing to the Moon. And uh, for those who don't know the, the phrase, also a Buddhist phrase, and it, it just has to do with don't mistake the finger for the moon. In other words, don't mistake the, the vehicle of transformation, be it religion, be it um, some group that you're involved in, some ideology, some yoga practice, whatever. Don't mistake that for the thing that that thing's trying to help you achieve. And it's, mm -hmm. it's got a great sort of methodology in it. And he's a, he'd be a fantastic guest on your show. Um, I, I mean, Anthony DeMello's fantastic uh, awareness is is a great book. Um, he's got awareness and he's got rediscovering life. Really simple, simple reads that just kind of punch you in the gut and punch you in the head simultaneously in a good way. <laughs> um, uh, those are, those are certainly what comes to the top of my mind right oh, now. Yeah. That's awesome. A little bit different than than what most people mention. So I appreciate. <laughs> um, so question for you on money as we begin to wrap this up is so does a guy like you stay in your lane or do you branch out and start purchasing real estate and uh, get in the stock market how, how do you handle you know um your wealth situation well i'm becoming a a big fan of the markets you know because I, I i indirectly fell into that by naked going public way too early um and i really like the micro cap space, the junior markets, uh, where, you know, they're risky. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, but as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, what, what creating public companies or getting involved in public companies offers in terms of flexibility is two currencies. It offers the currency of the money that you're using to do whatever you're using it for. And it offers the currency of the stock. And so you can pay great employees in stock you or contractors in stock. Um, and, you know, so for me, I've looked at how can I get myself involved with, you know, sort of 10 junior markets companies where I can have decent sized stock positions in all 10 and, uh, you know, three, five will go bankrupt. <laughs> three will break even and two will be incredible home runs. Um, and so there's there's a big shift towards playing in that field a little bit more, and um, and also creating things like you know you have courses you have all these different things that there's now a book where where can I add income streams that are fairly passive um, you know much much like rent except for it's digital um, real estate is the next frontier um, and looking at, you know, if I buy a property, can I build a silence retreat, medita uh, meditation retreat on the property on another side of it, et cetera. So it's turning income. Um, so yeah, I, real estate's still the sort of the next chapter, but I'm, I'm really enjoying the junior markets right now. So did you get into the Tesla game at all? Uh, well, I didn't have any money at the time. <laughs> so, you know, all, I, I kind of, 
I kind of believe that the first person you need to truly invest in is yourself. Now, that said, if you're if you're a broker, if you're a mark, if you like to play the markets, then that investing in yourself is is putting your intelligence to work and investing your money elsewhere. But for me, it's you talked about the garden. We can go full circle. It's my money goes towards those aspects of the garden first and foremost, and then from there it it extrapolates outward. Um, because if I'm not happy, if I'm not healthy, if I'm not these things, then I can't make money. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And um, I really appreciate, appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us today on Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. It's a pleasure. I feel like I've met a new friend. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on uh, Clubhouse or wherever we happen to cross paths. Yeah. And in the meantime, if you guys like what you hear on this, podcast, please subscribe and share it with a friend so that more people can get access to the wisdom that has been shared by great humans like Joel. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, everybody. All right. So this has been a session of Rock Your Money and Rock Your Life. So be intentional about winning the money game because we do live in a material world. So you might as well win it. You're in it to win it, hopefully, like the rest of us. And we'll see you on the next episode. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.